Hey friends, just want to pull back the curtain a little bit. You know, every week we bring you an episode and those episodes are brought to us by the only reason why we're able to bring them to you is because we have partners, sponsors who every week want to get in your corner, want to help you. And you know, we've only partnered with people, organizations who love the local church. They don't see you as a target. They don't see you as a market. They don't see you as something to extract money from. They see you as the body of Christ. They want to get in your corner and help. And all of them do this, but particularly today, I want to thank and think about CDF Capital. These guys are amazing. They've been a part of a movement helping churches and church leaders bring the light of Jesus to the world through their capital. They do this in a number of ways, but the way I want to focus on today is financial capital through investments and loans. If your church has excess revenue that you need to invest, maybe you have, um, you know, some, um, you know, rainy day funds, you should be putting it with CDF Capital. You know, you need to give it to them. Or if you're looking for a loan, maybe you want to refinance your mortgage or you're looking to expand or you need to do something in your church that requires you to structure the payment over a number of years, CDF Capital is who you want to talk about. But friends, it is so much more than just money. It's more than metrics. It's more than you and me. It's ultimately about the ministry of Jesus. That is what CDF Capital is all about. They're more than a lender. It's more than an investment vehicle. They want to help churches grow, and they do this literally with hundreds of churches all across the country. So what I want you to do is to drop by CDF Capital today, cdf.capital forward slash unseminary, and let them know that we sent you. Again, that's cdf.capital unseminary today. Thanks, friends. You're going to love them. They're great people. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you've decided to tune in. Uh, Listen, I'm really excited for my conversation today uh, with my friend and brother from another mother, Lance Birch. Now, he spells his last name differently, probably the right way. Actually, surprisingly, when people spell my name wrong, they spell it the way he spells it. You'll have to look on your player to see how to spell it the right way. Uh, From Reality Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Fantastic church. He really is, uh, I think, one of the most gifted people in the country around looking and identifying kind of cultural phenomena, things that are out there, and then trying to find a way to connect that to biblical truth. Obviously, the goal is ultimately to point people back. Um, Reality is a fantastic church. And Omaha, I don't know, there's like a concentration of just amazing people in Omaha. And so uh, I'm so glad to have you on the show, Lance. Thanks for being here today. What did I miss? Fill that picture out a little bit. Tell us a bit about reality. Okay. Reality is something that we we call an entry-level church. Uh, mm. It's something that we came on when somebody left our church. And, and I think on the way out the door said, you guys are an entry level church. And at first I was like, what? And I got mm. super, super kind of mad about it. And then I sat back in my chair and I thought, you know, <laughs> like, of course we are. Um, yeah, don't we want to be? <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that Jesus is an entry level savior, that mm. there wasn't some sort of hoops or something that I had to jump through that he finished mm. the work. And so we're trying to we're trying to make that really clear that uh, we don't want to be cool. We don't mm. want to be um, like uh, kind of out there or, or you know, we're we're better than at all mm. because we're not. And I'm not cool. 
But mm. we do want to be really clear and we do want to mm. make it clear that we're listening to mm. culture. Mm -hmm. That's an important thing. Mm -hmm. oh, is, one more thing uh, yep. about the Omaha churches. Yeah. You could not be more correct. Uh, mm -hmm. This is a great place to do ministry. I'm a part of a, a network called Within Reach and mm -hmm. the pastors here, uh, uh, just a great place to move yeah. the kingdom forward. It is is fantastic. Like I, I am consistently amazed. I bump into all kinds of great people from Omaha, and I, uh, yeah, I just think it's so so fun. Such a great, great yeah. community. So, well, I, so friends, I need to let you in on uh, kind of tear down the third wall of the pretend radio show that we run here <laughs> called the podcast. And um, you know, Lance and I have connected a number, number of times over the year. I've yeah. been to Reality. We've talked multi-site. Uh, count him as a friend. And he and I have had kind of a bubbling conversation in the background over the years around a number of things that recently I was like, listen, I just want to get you on the show and have this conversation in front of everybody so that you can benefit from it. Um, and so you're going to hear that kind of unfold out here in, in front of us. And one of the things you've talked about predictability and why this is, it's like the scourge of predictability. Our churches are just, can be way too predictable. Why is that a problem? Why is predictability a problem? Like big P problem for the gospel, holding us back from what God's calling us to do. Well, one of the, the big P problem here is that Jesus wasn't predictable. Mm. And we are called to be, you know, we're the body of Christ. We're the hands mm -hmm. and feet of Jesus. And we're also, you know, to develop the mind of Christ. Now, mm -hmm. uh, he told the rich young ruler to sell everything. He didn't tell mm -hmm. Zac he didn't tell Zacchaeus to sell everything. He said, I'm coming to your house, come down out of that tree. He didn't tell the woman at the well to sell everything. He didn't mm -hmm. tell Nicodemus, you know. Uh, it, it was just like, you got to be born again, Nicodemus. Why? Mm. Because Nicodemus was building his world around how he was born, his, mm. his heritage. Mm -hmm. The rich young ruler was building his world around his stuff. And this woman at the well was building her world around like mm -hmm. relationships and, you know, the next person. Mm -hmm. I think since Jesus knows that we're individual, mm -hmm. uh, when, he, when he comes on the scene, I think he comes to us that way. And um, if he said the same thing over and over again, then uh, maybe we'd be right to do that. But he didn't. <laughs> he's right. He's a surprising in the way that he teaches, in the the authority that he takes, in the way that he's listening, in the illustrations that he uses. Um, almost all of his stories had a surprise ending. So mm -hmm. that's the big problem. If we are are saying we're following this guy, we're mm -hmm. following Jesus, then we ought to do it the way that he did. Mm -hmm. Love that. So, okay. So what does that look like? So I would say the thing when I, when we first, when I first kind of heard you talk a little bit about that, I was like, oh, that, I would say that does, um, that's my experience of your ministry is your, my experience of reality is that you're predictably unpredictable. Like there's, I, I know that there's, you guys do things that kind of capture people's imagination uh, in a, in a good way. So what does that actually look like for your church? Like what would be some of the ways that you've tried to lead out of that, uh, as a, you know, as the lead pastor? Yeah. You know, uh, it's one of our values. It's one of our core values. It's surprise. Mm. It's at the end of, uh, it's the last one surprise. And the way it shows up is, uh, well, like new year's day, we changed the seating in here to be in the round. Um, mm. Uh, I didn't, I didn't talk that day. We just had stories and worship. And really when people, we just told them something was going to happen. 
Uh, mm-hmm. It's incredibly powerful to have stories. It's incredibly mm-hmm. powerful to just to see each other for once and mm-hmm. kind of use that day. Uh, the deal is that we don't want people to show up. And number one, we don't want it to feel like chaos. Of mm-hmm. course, there are going to be some things that we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to go to the scripture. We're going we're gonna to sing truth to each other. Mm-hmm. But the novelty and the way, the perspective, the new angle on the same ancient truth is kind of what we want them to experience. So mm. that um, so it's kind of like when you when you see something um, and then you see it from a slightly different angle and mm. it it changes the way you view it. We want mm-hmm. to somehow do that with we don't change scripture, we don't change the ancient truths, we don't mm-hmm. change what Jesus said, but mm-hmm. we say to them, what if you were looking at it like this? What would that mean? So that we hope that we get emails and maybe lobby talk that says, you know, I did, I knew that, but mm-hmm. I never really thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I love that. So I'm not a I'm not a preacher. Folks that have followed the podcast know that's not what I do. That's not my primary thing. But one of I but I have a deep respect for that and a deep respect for that function within the church and love to kind of help create cultures and climates that allow that to happen. And what you're touching on one of the core problems that I've that I see so clearly for someone like yourself that has to teach every week is we we teach from a fixed text. Like we we don't actually want super innovative ideas. <laughs> like we don't actually want things to be so different. You know, we and so because it's a fixed text, we ultimately there are only so many words that we're going to bring people back to. There's one message, right. one core of Christ. I actually don't want the most innovative teacher ever to preach at me because it's like I don't actually want something new. I want I need scripture to be, I need the teaching to be based in scripture. But so pull that apart. How do you as a communicator yeah. how do you flirt with that line? What does that look like? How do we do that? How do we how do we give people a new angle but don't step into heresy? Right. Yeah. The other day we we preached a sermon and, and our bottom line statement, uh, the sticky statement was if it's new, it's probably not true. You know, yes. if somebody's if somebody's <laughs> coming on the scene and I got a new yes. revelation. No, the, the we learn the, the truths of Christianity at a deeper level, but we don't learn new truths. Yes. So um, the way we pick that apart is, well, first of all, I've got a team that yeah. uh, helps me uh, construct the series and does mm-hmm. a pretty cool eval. And I have mm-hmm. this framework that asks, is this accurate? Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it clear? Is it mm-hmm. uh, passionate, delivered mm-hmm. with passion? Uh, that came from me, from my uh, kind of mentor in ministry, Joe Duke at LifePoint in, in uh, Reisterstown, Maryland. He mm. has this framework, and I use it. And so we really do look at the accuracy of mm. what we're talking about. It's, mm-hmm. If that's not there, then that's an F immediately. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you failed at your one job to mm-hmm. make these truths really clear and to lean into Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, Mm-hmm. Uh, while you're being accurate, you've got to mm-hmm. be clear. And now right. what clarity means in any given cultural context mm-hmm. is this bridge between this always true thing, absolutely true thing, and how they're interpreting their entire world. Like, what language do they speak? Um, mm-hmm. what, what questions are they asking? Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't know the questions that a culture is asking unless you know what their music is saying. You can't. Right, right, no, right, right Nobody right. asks questions like music. I mean, movies right. do, mm-hmm. um, TV shows do, I guess, in a little, little sense. Mm-hmm. 
but mm-hmm. man, the music of any given culture will tell yeah. you what do people are, what are they really um, craving? What do they, right. what do they want? So that gap, okay. mm-hmm. that, that, there's the gap, clarity mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Uh, accuracy. Okay. I love that. Now, so there's people that are listening in who are probably thinking, wait a second, I've heard some of this before. This, this is that sneaky old attractional church. You're just trying to entertain people. You're just a carnival barker. Uh, I know that's not your heart. Obviously I know that's, you know, that's not who you are. Uh, but how does that fit out in your mind? And then we'll, and I'd love to get into a specific tactic. I want to push you on a specific thing that I've seen you do, but kind of yeah. at a philosophical level, what's your entertainment? What you, we don't want to entertain people. Do we? Oh, absolutely. We do. Um, mm. we absolutely want to entertain people. Jesus did this. Um, mm. Jesus, uh, I, I know that I'm, uh, we're not, the pastor is not Jesus. And even uh, the church itself is not going to perfectly embody who Jesus was. However, mm. Jesus used creative stories, illustrations, mm. and why, why mm. he could have, you know, he could have just gone, given propositional truths about God, mm. but you know, he didn't. And the reason he didn't is because he loved the people in the crowd. He, he could say things that they couldn't understand, but they'd be absolutely true. And he could walk mm. away from that and he could say, I gave them the truth. They didn't do anything with it. Mm. But you know what he did instead? He said, here's these people made out of dirt. And I'm going to try to communicate incredible truths that they can't comprehend. Well, how mm. can I do it? Let me talk about a farmer. Mm. Let me talk about uh, some vineyard workers. Let me talk about a tower that fell on some dudes. Let me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even current events. So if Jesus did that, um, mm-hmm. what, what in the world would a pastor want to do with standing <laughs> up on a platform saying, if you don't understand me, then that just means I'm doing the right thing. That mm-hmm. doesn't make any, that doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Um, right. But, you know, to your argument about the attractional thing, did the American church, um, spend too much money or or too much energy and putting on a show. Now there's a difference for me between entertainment and a show. Entertainment to me means to entertain someone means to hold their attention. Jesus did that consistently. Jesus never put on a show. In fact, he, he rejected that when it was a a temptation in the wilderness. I'm not going to put on, I'm not here to put on a show, Mm -hmm. but when I show up and when my truths are, are proclaimed, they are attractional. Mm-hmm. They are. The only thing that's really not attractional about Christianity is the is um is the sacrifice that it requires to to be like Jesus. Mm-hmm. The te- the teaching and the truths, they are attractional. And we don't need to mm-hmm. make church um what's the word? Uh you know, we, we don't want to you know repel people from mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. when they show up, I think every pastor's glad. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I I hope I've answered that. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's good. I I think it's, you know, that's a good, uh, you know, in other contexts I've said, listen, I'm proudly have come from, and that is my background is kind of the attractional church movement. And I, and yeah, have there been excesses like in any movement? Absolutely. Uh, but I think at its core, I would agree with you that at the end of the day, I look at so much of Jesus's teaching was attempting to grab people's attention to get their engagement and then ultimately 
to move some, you know, closer along, obviously to move everyone, but the, you know, that, and you need to do that. And that, if you call that entertainment or attraction, that's fine with me. Yep. Okay. So I want to talk about a specific tactic that you do at your church. So for, so in my brain, I was like, oh, I, I think for the last number of years, reality has been doing these, um, like parody songs at like Christmas and other kind of special times during the year. Uh, and then I poked you on it. I'm like, oh, there's like a deep well here. Oh my goodness. This is like decades of work that Lance has been doing. Talk to us about this particular tactic, kind of mm -hmm. describe it first. How have you used these kind of parody songs as a part of your, you know, big days, a part of, you know, kind of the communication you do as a church? You know, I went to a creative church conference at fellowship in, nice. uh, in, in Dallas yep. and I was young in ministry. Um, and well, not, not, not terribly, but I, I saw mm -hmm. a new tactic and in their mm -hmm. student ministry, this guy was right, rewriting songs. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was trying to change a culture in student mm -hmm. ministry at life point. Uh, there was kind of a mm -hmm. toxic kind of cutting people down. So I mm -hmm. said, why don't we take this idea of rewriting songs and make it about an individual? So we called it mm -hmm. the comfy chair song and we had kids <laughs> nominate a kid. They would I would say, okay, what's their favorite song? They would tell me their favorite song. And then I would say, well, just tell me about them. And they would give me a page of mm. stuff about this person, their quirks, their, what they love to eat or what, you know, what they love to do mm -hmm. or what they were good at. And I just would, uh, by a specific set of criteria, syllables and vowel shapings, rewrite that song <laughs> for them. They would sit in the comfy chair listen to the song and then kids would line up at the microphone and say nice things about them. And it changed uh, the culture. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 Love that. So, so I, it got me into this heck I was doing that like 50 times a year, you know? Right. Um, right. so I wrote a ton of them and right. it, it got me to where I was, I was pretty good at it. Like I could mm -hmm. count, count the syllables, even the, you know, the emphasis needs to be the same. And so, I, mm -hmm. so I, I, I had a lot of fun at it. And out there mm -hmm. at Saddleback, another guy was doing that, uh, one of their youth workers, and he did a couple of videos that I emulated. And now we, we found out that the kids were just, they loved it. And I thought, mm -hmm. I wonder if it would work in the church setting. And, you know, Weird Al made a career out of this. I'm nowhere near Weird Al status, but, uh, <laughs> but he made a career out of it. And while it's cheesy, it's also fun and accessible. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so we, we started, we did Queen, we did um, uh, that one, one time for Christmas Eve, we did, uh, of course, the Hamilton thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and this past year, we did We Don't Talk About Rudolph. And <laughs> it, yes, so good. So you just breezed over those. Just slow down and give us a bit of those, like you did Queen, and like talk through the what you've done the last couple of years, just to give us sense. Yeah. We're going to put links in the show notes, friends. This really is going to be a bit of an incomplete podcast until you go and watch some of these things. So we're going to try to describe this. It's hard to describe in you know 30 seconds, but kind of talk us through what some of those look like. Well, uh, the Queen thing was Bohemian Rhapsody, and I remember mm. one of the lines was like uh, "drama at Christmas time" uh, mm. instead of "mama," you know. And yes. uh, we we took it through that whole kind of chaos of Christmas, mm. like mm -hmm. things are going on, and then the kids are up, and so it's kind of a chaotic scene. And then, mm -hmm. uh, and then I think we ended with "Christmas really matters" at reality. Mm. Oh Christmas. yeah, love it, love it. Yes. The, uh, the Hamilton thing happened during COVID, you know? Yep. We had a church member who actually had a barn 
that it, we, we oh. didn't do this on our platform at all. We had a church member that had a barn. I wondered where you shot that. Oh my yeah. goodness. And we had just hired a guy who had a connection to Midwife, Midwest Light and Sound. They came mm. in and they lit it all, uh, to emulate the Hamilton mm-hmm. lighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a choreographer in there. We thought, let's do something special for COVID. Everybody's at home. We were doing a Christmas mm-hmm. Eve video. And I thought, baby born in Bethlehem, Alexander Hamilton. Same oh, syllable. Love it. Love it. So we just we wrote it. We wrote it based on that. And uh, <laughs> I, I loved every minute of that one. Love it. Okay, so now the the thing, and then this year you did. Uh, we don't talk about Rudolph, which is kind of like a retelling of the Rudolph s- story, but to the Encanto. You know that we don't talk yeah. about Bruno, yeah. uh, w- which was funny. It was you know I uh, and I've joked about this on you know Facebook and stuff. I'm like these these have become required viewing for me when it comes up in my feed. Does not matter what I'm doing. I, you know, I apologize, clients, if I'm doing work for you, or I stop and I'm like, okay, I have to watch these because they're they're so well done, they're so creative. I, I, talk to me about song selection. So I was saying to you this before we got on. I don't know, and this I find particularly the last couple of years, the Hamilton one, the Rudolph one, but even the Queen one. Like you seem to be able to tap the zeitgeist. You 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 talked about this a little bit. The music. Uh, you talked about this. It's like the questions that are being asked by music are the questions of a generation or questions of a culture. Yeah. Unpack that a little bit. How do you how do you find these songs? How do you find? I feel like I'm pretty connected culturally, but I'm like you just seem to nail it. Like that is the song that is like perfect for what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, we we start talking about it, and we. Um, I mean we have a good team of people mm-hmm. that are, that are really looking around and, and kind of thinking about it. What's weird is old music is new again because mm-hmm. the, the, the playlist and things like that is art shows up in a movie. Um, mm-hmm. And there's usually one I, I, when we land on it, it's like, like what you said, of course, of course right. it's this one. Yeah. Um, and we haven't, uh, of course we, we haven't landed on this next year's, um, right. but when when it happens, it's just this. It cuts across the culture. Yep. Um, I, I I felt a a little bit of pull toward the Encanto. We adopted mm-hmm. two girls from Colombia. The movie's okay. about Colombia. <laughs> okay, that would do it. Yeah. It, well, what were some of the ones that were in the running for this year? Do you remember some of the other ones? I, I'm trying to catch like what is yeah. the. I'm trying to unpack what is kind of. The, I'm trying to get inside your brain. What is the? Yeah. What are some of the other ones that we're thinking out there? Well, one of the other one was from Encanto. It's the pressure song about, yep, yep. can you imagine uh, a family on Christmas Eve who mm. has the family coming over? They haven't, they haven't completed the, the menu. They haven't bought all their gifts. Uh, that Just mm. that kind of tick, tick, tick pressure thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. would have been a good one, uh, but yeah. we opted against it. We, mm. we always choose, like, th- there's always a pop song in there mm-hmm. somewhere, like uh, a Megan Trainer, something that's good, you mm-hmm. know, vocally sort of uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, Wednesday right now, if we were going to do it like mm. to today, um, mm-hmm. I think we would probably, and this might, I don't know what, how people feel about this, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, uh, but the Wednesday phenomena, why, why is that popular? Yes. You know, yeah, yeah. I think it's because yes. a lot of people feel like Wednesday, like kind of, kind of out there, a little quirky. If people knew the real me, they wouldn't like me. And mm. now I'm gonna now I'm gonna pretend like I don't care, or maybe Wednesday's mm. being for real. I don't know, mm. but that's the idea. We try to figure out 
what is what cuts across all of the the lines and we don't always mm -hmm. hit maybe mm -hmm. some people didn't even know we don't talk about bruno but <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah that's if you were had anyone who's anywhere near any you know childhood age of at all you knew that song you continue to know that song it's yeah. one of those that that's out there you know i think the other so the other interesting piece of this for me as someone on the outside looking in so pull back a little bit from a strategy point of view, friends that are listening in these big days, Christmas, Easter, maybe Mother's Day, you have three or four days during the year where two things happen. And you've heard me say this before, friends, two things happen. One, your people are more likely to invite their friends and two, their friends are more likely to attend. Now, when their friends come, they're thinking, and this brings us back to the predictability thing, they have a framework of what church is. And then Lance and his team rolls out, we don't talk about Rudolph. And man, their expectations are shifted. They're like, this is different. You know, over the years, I used to love, I would say the same thing. I used to love when we would, people would say in New Jersey, particularly, I loved, we would get like a, uh, somebody would kind of greet us on the way out and they would say, man, mass has really changed a lot since I was a kid. And uh, I'm like, <laughs> yes, okay, we are, we've hit it, right? We're close to where we're trying to get to. But these days are important for us to put extra effort into. They're important for us because we are going to have extra people who in the you know in the room that are not don't necessarily attend church. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about how that fits into that part of your strategy. The kind of like, hey, we want to do we put extra effort. Like this is disproportionate amount of work. Yeah. You're thinking about. You heard it, friends. I don't know if you heard that roll by. He's already thinking about next year's Christmas. It's in somewhere. There's like a little. There's a bucket open that currently Wednesday's in, and eventually something else will eventually. It might be Wednesday by next fall. We'll we'll kind of click in and then you guys will do something. Tell me how that strategically fits into your kind of when it comes to reaching unchurched people or the friends of the people we're trying to attend our church. Yeah. I want our people to have an easy invite. I, when we, mm. when we usually promote this, like we want it to be a surprise. We don't yep. tell everybody what the song's going to be. We mm. might throw a little hint out there, but mm. we, but we let them know that there's going to be something that is going to yes. surprise their friends Mm -hmm. And it gives them the easy invite. One mm -hmm. thing that you hit on, we do do a lot of work on this. And so mm -hmm. I tell our team, and I think this is super important, that if the product looks fantastic and everybody's ticked off at each other at the end, then we failed. There's the product mm -hmm. goal, and then there's this process goal. We made a real big goal this year to say, let's have fun the mm -hmm. entire time. Let's laugh. Oh, that's good. And not get not get kind of angsty about this because if we mm -hmm. do we're going off track and it was fun the whole time uh one of the thing one of the deliverables about the parody song mm -hmm. is that it's fun for our team and it's mm -hmm. fun for the volunteers that are a part of it mm -hmm. they get mm -hmm. to be in on the secret and they mm -hmm. invite you know uh a, a lot of people because they know they're going to be in it this year mm -hmm. can i can i mention somebody yeah yeah we, totally we had this girl um eighth grader her name is addison mm -hmm. and addison played our new reindeer in town and she could <laughs> our new elf and she couldn't wait to meet rudolph maybe you didn't see the skit before the song mm -hmm. but it's not on the video but addison improved in front of a group of adults and mm -hmm. she was phenomenal it was mm -hmm. that's another good side of this just let people use their gifts there are people gifted at singing and dancing and lighting and sound. And I don't think God wants us to just use those gifts. He does want us to use them in the community. Mm -hmm. But it's another way for us to praise, uh, to, to use a, 
uh, skillfully use the things that he's given us, the gifts that he's mm -hmm. given us. And Addison mm -hmm. did that in such a great way. So it was cool to see an eighth grader be a part of it too. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. I love that. I, the the process, again, friends, I know this is like, it's like a half step. Uh, when I, folks, I'm going to, we're going to email out uh, on this one and I'm going to send the links ahead of time and say, hey, you should watch these before you come because it'll it'll give you a little more context. If you're already mid midstream, you got to go watch them. But the, the the interesting thing on, or another part of this, this puzzle is I've heard people push back. In fact, on one of my uh, posts about this. I had someone push back on the legal side of this. So for yeah. the people who are thinking about this thing, talk, talk to us about parody. Why is parody? Okay. Yeah. Uh, talk that through from a legal point. Cause it's like Disney this is a major company that you're, <laughs> you're, 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 you're using their, you know, their music. Yeah, exactly. And there was a church that did something, uh, that they used the name Alexander Hamilton. They did a full length thing and it was called yep. Scamil Scamilton in social media. It was really wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they tweaked the story a little bit. They used a lot of the lyrics. Parody songs are completely legal. Mm -hmm. Parody songs are what they call fair use. It's what Weird mm -hmm. Al made his, uh, mm -hmm. lifestyle on. It is a protected form of speech, and it's great. I mean, I think mm -hmm. that we ought to be able to parody things. It's what mm -hmm. Babylon B does. It's what um, uh, in 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 a news format, and uh, what the Wittenberg like, door did. Yeah, Saturday Night Live. Like, there's yeah. like there's tons of you know there's tons of par parody. The the trick I think from and I'm listen. Obviously, I'm not a lawyer. I don't play one on the internet. But my understanding of the line on parody is it needs to be self-evident that it's parody that you're not trying to uh you're not trying to put yourself off as you know it's like it, it's it needs to be tongue-in-cheek it needs to be like hey this is you know this is a parody um that's that's the line ultimately that you're um you know gonna follow and so some of that you could i've seen some churches do these where which i can't remember whether you guys do this or not they literally will sit put like on youtube it'll it'll say like parody song, like we're being as explicit as that so that it's, you know, super obvious. Yeah. Yeah. We put that on there. I mean, I, I don't, but whoever is smarter than me puts that stuff on there. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Okay. I love this. Well, let's bring this back to predictability. When you think about predictability, the thing that's interesting here, friends, that I, I want to pick apart is the thing that's predictable in this case is, which is important for inviting is that you're going to do something special. That's, yeah. that's predictable. You're going to make that happen. The thing that's not predictable is what you're going to do. Uh, how does this, how is this permeated? So this obviously is on your big days. How, any other examples of how this kind of thinking has permeated other aspects of your uh, ministry throughout the year? Other just examples that we could kind of, uh, as we go to kind of close this thing down. Yeah, I think every week, um, since surprise is one of our values, every week mm -hmm. we want to bring in surprise. And that could be mild. I mean, it could be just the use of a prop. Um, we had another surprise on Christmas Eve, which was there, we were doing a candle lighting service and, um, there was, there was a canister on the stage and it had the candle. We always lit from the front, but mm -hmm. I, I said, you know, in the context of the last few years, darkness is a really good context to, to, to see the light, you know, mm -hmm. and we get distracted with all this. And then I walk over to this thing. You couldn't even see a candle was there. And I lit my candle from it. And every candle was lit from that. Mm -hmm. A very mild surprise. Yes. But it's just different. And I think the deal is we don't have to spend bucks on this. In fact, creativity, I think, keeps you from throwing money at stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and we don't need to just invest 
we can't we can't outsplash Hollywood or Nashville mm-hmm. or any of the studios. What we can do is we can use the gifts that God gave us and on a weekly mm-hmm. basis um, use a prop or mm-hmm. bring somebody up or um, you know tell the gospel in a in a in an engaging way. Mm-hmm. Uh, or we do spontaneous baptisms at our church where yeah, we, cool. you might you might have shown up. You didn't know that you were going to get baptized, but you just heard the gospel. We've got mm-hmm. everything you need. And and hearing that story is a surprise. I mean, mm-hmm. heck, every time Jesus interacts with somebody, uh, they, they don't know. We don't know how it's going to turn out. Yes, yes, yes. Only he does. And that's right. that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So. That's why I like coming in on Sunday, and sometimes it's Jesus that is doing the surprising and not us. Mm-hmm. So good. This is this is great. Kind of final topic of of conversation, and I hope our relationship can sustain this. Uh, one of the things I find fascinating about your leadership as a leader, you seem to like to have fun with your people. Like you, you know, like I've seen you like a, a part of these parody videos. You know, friends, if, again, you got to watch these things. It's not like this is like a group of people doing them and then Lance is standing off stage clapping. Oh, isn't that great? Like I've seen you do all kinds of funny things that are, you know, great, engaging, um, you know, you know, surprising. Uh, and I think there would be a lot of pastors that would look at that and say, yeah, I'm not doing that. There's no way I would love for that to happen at my church, but like, I'm not dressing up in the giant, uh, um, or the, the, the head to toe, um, uh, jack-o'-lantern suit. I remember seeing you in once I was like, what? Like, talk to me about that. What is what, You have this fun, playful side yeah. that I think is super endearing from a, from a leadership point of view. I think people want to follow people like that, but yeah. talk to me about that. What's, what's, what's that all about? Yeah. And, and that, it, it might not be everybody. Uh, I grew up kind of, um, in theater. I did comedy for a while. I, um, um, uh, quick throwaway. I've got this uh, cover band called Silly Joel where we do, we go out and we play Billy Joel things. I love karaoke. Mm-hmm. So part mm-hmm. of this is just kind of personality. Right. However, let me encourage people who wouldn't maybe be drawn to this. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody comes in here thinking the pastor is going to do something like that, no matter what my pa- personality is. Yes. Yes. So when they see that all of a sudden this inaccessible, mm-hmm. A guy with barriers, and I could never be like that guy. If mm-hmm. we if we choose to say I'm going to act silly, mm-hmm. and they might think, well, no, I think I could approach him. He just mm-hmm. wore a pumpkin suit in front of me. Um, <laughs> then I think that could be a good thing. So I would yes. encourage, you know, stretch a little bit. You don't have to do everything, but mm-hmm. um, surprise your crowd with your willingness. To, to maybe step, we're asking them all the time to step outside of their comfort zone. We're asking right. them all the time to mm-hmm. do stuff that maybe stretches them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I'd say to leaders, don't be afraid to act silly. It's, it's, it's vulnerable. It's authentic. And we all act silly anyway, sometimes when people aren't watching. So use mm-hmm. that if you can to, mm-hmm. to gain access to, you know, mm-hmm. to, to somebody's um, attention. Yeah. So good. Well, love it friends. So good. We know, you know, that the human mind is a predictability engine. We just, uh, you know, we, we, we watch patterns, pattern, 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 pattern. And then when we can change that pattern, when we can do something that's out of pattern in this case, you don't expect the pastor to be in 
whatever the the Hamilton play the you know the the orange suit the you know whatever um, th- that that causes them literally the your brain leans in on that and is like oh that's different something is different about this uh, organization. Well, Lance, I've really appreciated your friendship. I appreciate this yeah. conversation today. I appreciate you being on. Uh, any final words? And, and where do we want to send people if they want to track with you, with the sure. church, that sort of thing? My, I guess my final word was uh, it's really easy to be like the guy on the platform or the, or the guy, you know. Do, uh, I have an amazing team. The team mm. at Reality Church, my staff, the people that support me. I'm only good at like two things. I can't even keep a calendar. There's so... There are so many things that people do for me. So um, I just, I don't want to let this thing go without saying um, uh, I, I, it's a privilege to, to be able to be here. The, the last thing, um, if people want to see what we do, Reality Church Omaha on YouTube, if you search, mm-hmm. you're going to have the links anyway. Mm-hmm. Reality.church is our website. Um, and um, I think we're going to be out there uh eventually with a podcast called things I used to think, Mm. which is hopefully, yeah, it's just basically we start out with some things that, um, you know, we used to think like I used to think Mm. if there was a car following me while I was walking home from my friend's house that they were going to shoot me, you know, there's all (laughs) sorts of things that just live in our head. And, and, uh, I think it teaches us something, uh, when we, when we talk about the things we, so look for that, but reality.church is our website and we're on YouTube and, uh, Facebook and Instagram and all the socials as well. Mm-hmm. Love it. So good. Appreciate you, sir. Thanks for being on here. Thanks for, uh, for sharing with us today. Yeah. Thank you, Rich. I appreciate it so much. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.